When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a Gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals is where you can see all the packages. That's ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. $1.96 provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. ScoreNorth.com slash Mission for Meals. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Right, I, I still feel the energy in this room, even though he wasn't in this room. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. But Alex Boone is on Purple Daily now on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He does his Tuesdays with uh, with Cronin and Collar, and then uh, and then he does the full two hours on Thursdays. And it's kind of funny. Do you guys ever see like the comments from people who haven't listened to him yet? Like one of them came yes. in. One of them came in today. They're actually pretty funny. I'll give Vikings fans credit. One guy. One guy says, uh, "Well, it's good to know Alex Boone has a job he can do." People just like burn. Just, like, hate Alex Boone. Oh, I'm sure that bothers Alex Boone a lot. Yeah. But uh, Jonathan's got a clip here. This is from Purple Daily. Were they breaking down? Previewing Bears and Vikings? Yeah, well, it started off with Collar asking about what he learned from this game on Sunday against the Raiders, and then Boone goes into how excited he is for football. This next game on Sunday against the Bears. All right, Alex, where do you want to start with this? I mean, did you just immediately forget about everything you saw on Sunday because it was uh, an affront to the National Football League and move on to Chicago like we did, or did you have things that you learned? Oh no, there was definitely things I learned. Some some good, some bad, but at the end of the day, this game coming up this week is going to be epic. And I don't think people understand how epic it's going to be. How come? Because you have a defense that is just primed and destroying people, and now you have a run game on offense that is just kicking people's teeth in, and it's like, well, which one's going to move? Cuz at the you can't have both on the same day. Somebody's going to get ran over, and who's it going to be? 
That's the big question. Right, I'm not matching your intensity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at this game, and I'm like, man, if you lose this game, you really go back in the north. You don't just go back. You go way back, behind the Lions almost. Like, do you really want to go back that far? You better wake up quickly. Yes. Football. That is football. Right football. Is that is is that much at stake this you really go back Sunday? Do you guys think that that much, as Alex Boone laid it out, is at stake? Where it's not just a loss, but like your season's over. Basically. I mean, you're zero and two in the division now. If you lose on whichever one of these teams loses on Sunday, you're zero and two in the division. So you're not just at least two games behind the Packers. Maybe more than that, depending on what happens Thursday night. But they also have very early on, and it's I mean. You only have eight eight division games. They have a, a two game lead or a three game lead and a two game lead in the tiebreaker as far as division record goes. Two, three, four weeks into the season. Yeah, I think it matters. I love what Boone is saying because I watched th- that game last night and Washington stinks, right? And Oakland stinks. I watched two days of games and thought, well, okay, these teams do things well that I knew, and now they get to meet. And it's going to be it's going to be Bears defense against that poor Vikings offensive line, especially in pass protection. But then conversely, it's going to be Vikings defense against poor, confused, baffled by life Mitch Trubisky. He's exactly right. He's exactly right. This is going because this game is probably going to be. It should be what final score seventeen fourteen fourteen ten. It shouldn't be a high scoring game. But defensively, the, the aesthetics of this game are probably going to be off the charts ugly, but the game itself is going to tell you a ton. As much as we didn't learn on Sunday from the Vikings and M- Monday from the Bears, I think we learn an equal amount about yeah. these teams in this game. I mean, how many, actually, this is probably a question for Rami, decked out in his Bears gear today mm-hmm. after a Bears win last night. Yes. Oh, this is all week. This has, I mean, it has to do with the win last night, but it's also. Have you picked out your outfits for the whole week? I mean, not picked out. How many Bears shirts do you have? Five. I have exactly five, including the Urlacher jersey. Yes, which you're going to wear on Friday. That'll be Friday. Yeah. Are you are you wearing Friday. all five this week? Or are yeah. you going to wear four and just shave a Bears logo into your does, upper body hair? Back hair? Does, back it hair be, does it have to be either or? <laughs> you want to do both? Both are happening right <laughs> yes. now. Are you saying that the shaving <laughs> happened? Maybe. Okay. Thanks. I cannot confirm nor deny. If it keep... hasn't, that's a score North athlete challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, put it on the list. Is it going to surprise you? <laughs> What's because, athletic about it? Because most, most Arabs are very hairy people. You don't want to know, Judd. Not that hairy. I don't have enough hair on my That's upper good. body to shave a logo of any sort into it. <laughs> Questions nobody was asking. That, that makes one of us, Rami. Lower body. Okay. I'm Mike. a Sasquatch. <laughs> this is getting weird. Now. That makes one of us. <laughs> it's weird. Why? It's weird. Why did you? It's what? weird. God. Why? Hey, Mac, you open the door. I didn't open that door. I just walked through it. You Nobody opened that door. I just door. walked through it. You kind of did. Nobody yeah, you opened said, that door. You We're holding oh. that door shut. We don't want that door to open. All I was going to ask was, have you ever Get seen the here. Bears play an aesthetically pleasing game? Like Judd was saying, it's going to be an ugly game. Like I can't think of a Bears game oh. that I watched and was like, I you know what, that, that was a smooth, that was a really smooth three hours right there. Oh, I'm sure it happened last year. It, they were before Trubisky's injury. He he did, and I'm not blaming it on the injury, but he just never found what he had before the injury last year. Before that, they were a pretty well-oiled machine, and were were beating teams on both sides of the football. Um, but I, I I couldn't tell you right now off the top of my head what game that was. The entire second half of last season 
was ugly. They were they were winning, but a lot of them was winning ugly. So I I I, I see your point for sure. Did Cutler play one at one time? For the Bears? Yeah. I'm, I'm try- no, 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 no. Oh. Ever. I'm try- I'm ever. I'm trying to go through Bears quarterbacks in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Jay Cutler. Who played aesthetically. Where you watched it and we're like, oh, that was a fun, you know, that was a really good crisp. Yeah, they actually like week game. six, 2011. No, I'm man. pretty sure it was a, was I still a have, game. I still have a framed picture of Jay Cutler with a turkey leg in his mouth from beating the Packers on Thanksgiving three years ago. And that was a well, well played game. A beautifully played game. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Oh man! So I like um, turkey. Well, now that I can't get the image of uh, Rami's southern hemisphere on my head, <laughs> yeah, you did go a little far on that one. Shows off to a great start. What'd you say again? Uh, from the waist down, I'm Sasquatch. Yeah, that's great. Yes, yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's, uh, Football. <laughs> thanks. For the notes for that drop, I'm literally just writing down 655 Rami Air. Yeah. yeah. So the other non-Sasquatch-related question that I have for you guys. Uh-huh. Rami and I were kicking this round before we turned the mics on here. So last night, our old buddy Case Keenum takes the field and uh, turns the ball over five times. It was, as Judd pointed out on Twitter, it's the exact performance that Mike Zimmer lost sleep over every single week two years ago. Uh, that like that, that that exact thing could have happened at any moment with the Minnesota Vikings. And praise to Pat Shermer and Mike Zimmer and the offense and Case Keenum for the uh, the the usual Case Keenum thing not happening. But Case Keenum was a five turnover machine last night. We are sort of wringing our hands over Kirk Cousins and blowing the game against Green Bay, and he hasn't he doesn't win games against winning teams in prime time, right? And the choice the Vikings had was mostly. This or that, right? It was Case Keenum or go out and pay the $30 million a year almost for Kirk Cousins. There are other sidecar options like Teddy Bridgewater, or maybe you could have gone to the draft for Lamar Jackson, but you were also a Super Bowl-ready team. So really the two feasible options were run it back with Case or go sign Kirk Cousins. And the approval rating for both of those right now is fairly low. I mean, I don't think if you pulled Vikings fans, like it's no one would feel greatly confident with either of those options. And so I guess my question is, if the Vikings had this or that as an option, and neither one of them are, you know, carrying you to where you want to go, mm-hmm. were they wrong? Can you be wrong? Can you be right? If there were, can That's you be, the real question. Can you be or right you, if those you know are your this, choices? This all, all goes back to one thing. And it's not Case, and it's not Kirk. It's the day Teddy's leg gave out. Because mm. if they were ever right, it was then. And when Teddy got hurt, and and you turned to Bradford, and then Bradford got hurt, and now you're at, uh, you know, and two years back, thank God at the time, I guess, because Case had one great year. But the Vikings saw, the Vikings saw what we're seeing now. If you would run it back with Case, this, this is Case. He had a magical year. But Mike thought to himself, oh, my God, this is, it's magical, but we're near disaster. Now we are again. Now we are again. But I really think it goes back to, and and you can assess blame with Spielman. You, you can absolve him because Teddy's leg blew out. Whichever direction you want to go, I think the answer to your question, Phil, is the fact that because of events that you either didn't get right and or went beyond your control, that the long-term plan at quarterback basically blew up on you, and so you went to Kirk because Kirk, in your mind, at that moment, was the best available option. Yeah, I would even frame it this way, and this 
there there are there are other reasons for why Jay Gruden is probably going to get fired at some point. But man, Booger was killing him last night. Yeah, killing. Why him. was he absolving Daniel Snyder though, and Bruce Allen the GM? Yeah, Daniel Snyder is is, is one of the five worst professional sports owners of my lifetime. Yeah, he's terrible. Agreed. That was a great franchise for like thirty years. Me thinks Booger is tight with Daniel Snyder. <laughs> Based Probably. On, based right. on I what think I Rami is. Last. I think yes. I think you're correct. Yes. Yeah. But if there are there's 32 teams and there's like 14 or 15 trustworthy quarterbacks that you would right now say, "Yep, I'm I'm good five plus years locking in with this guy," or it's a guy that's like Tom Brady, legendary Hall of Fame status. There's like 14, 15 of those guys, and then there's like five to seven teams that are test driving a quarterback, either a rookie or Kirk Cousins is sort of a test drive, right? If you're without one of those, if you're if there's 32 teams and there's like 14 really trustworthy guys, and you're one of the other, let's say 18 or 17 teams, it's amazing. Like coaches and GMs get fired for just not having a seat in the game of musical chairs. So how much of it is you're just not lucky enough to have a seat in musical chairs versus you're not good enough to develop somebody that should be in that top 14 or 15? I think it's Does both. That make sense. Yeah, I think it's both to 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 get the most. Out of any quarterback, you have to put them in a good position. And the way to ruin any quarterback, regardless of their talent level, is A, don't protect them. Put put them behind a crappy offensive line. B, don't give them any weapons to throw to. And C, put them in a a system that they don't fit in or just keep on changing systems on them by hiring a different offensive coordinator or head coach every year. Vikings have done two out of the three to Kirk Cousins right now. They've done two out of the three to Kirk Cousins right now. So... While, yeah, Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins doesn't look a world better than than Case Keenum at this point, if if they had put the resources into year one of the Kirk Cousins era, that they started to put in year two of the Kirk Cousins era by going and getting Garrett Bradbury and trying to shore up the offensive line, going and getting Irv Smith in the draft, had they started doing that, had they started propping him up and putting him in a position to succeed right away rather than waiting a year and saying, oh, man, this... If we're going to get the most out of this guy, we got to do a little bit more around him. Who knows where Kirk Cousins would be right now in, in comparison to Case Keenum? I think Kirk Cousins is clearly the better quarterback of the two. And if those were your choice, those were your choices, I should say, two years ago, you made the right choice because Case Keenum is an absolute disaster who found lightning in a bottle for one season. Yeah, with that, the that pick that he. Okay, can we talk about not only the interception, can we talk about. The fourth and one play, yeah, was, where he like thought it was the goal got, line. He did. That he was got, so weird. He, he got confused. He thought if you flare the ball and get the first down and it pops out, the ball's dead, which it is on the goal line. If you flare the ball out quickly, right? Touchdown. That's it. Unfortunately, like the forty-two yard line, not touch- so. Okay, no first down. Let's say he flares Sorry, the ball out. Case. He flares the ball out, and then he kind of rolls back down the offensive line, but he hangs onto the ball. Do they give him that forward progress? Yeah, I've progress. seen it a million times. That's but, what a quarterback does in that situation. But you don't extend the with the touchdown at the goal line. You extend the ball, and if a guy punches it, you don't care. Right. Once it crosses the goal line, it's over. He did that. He basically thought if I lose the ball, or it looked like he thought if I lose the ball, no big deal. It's like no case. It is a big deal. We like to call that a fumble because you're not down yet. I don't know if you guys saw the the still shot of Case Keenum after the ball is knocked out of his hands and he gets taken to the ground. Just a look of desperation on his face as he tries to reach the football and it's just barely out of his grasp as the Bears player is falling <laughs> out. It great picture, hilarious picture. You, but 
Um, the interception that he threw, the yeah. second one that he threw to Ha Clinton Dix. Now, some of what happened to Case Keenum last night was a guy who was scared for his life because that was a defense with bad intentions coming after him and an offensive line who had no intentions of protecting him. But some of it is just bad decisions, including that second interception to Ha Clinton Dix. I came across this. On my Twitter timeline, just before the show started, Seth Galina, who breaks down NFL tape uh, on Twitter, he's one of these guys who breaks down tape on Twitter, he said, who are the three defenders that can take away a seam? One, safety coming from the middle. Check. Two, corner overlapping from the sideline. Check. (laughs) Three, curl defender running underneath. Check. The Bears checked all three boxes on this play, and Case Keenum still threw the football. (laughs) And the incredible thing was that in 2017, he did that exact thing. And for almost all that year, it worked. Yeah, he had he well he and he Shermer did, he, did a great job, but he did he got it. But but that that's when when Zimmer, after a win, I think at US Bank Stadium, went to the podium and said he has a horseshoe up his behind. That's what he was talking about. Yeah, he. I, I would say Keenum was probably, and I haven't. It's not like I've watched all of his non-Vikings games, and and he certainly played well in the first two games, at least statistically, with Washington this year, but. I would venture to guess that whatever the Vikings were doing in the coaches' rooms and in the meeting rooms, they probably had him playing more conservatively than you saw him in Houston or than you saw last night, right? Like, I remember him a couple times throwing up prayers. Like, he probably threw up five prayers that I remember. I can't believe that wasn't picked off. But I don't think he ever threw a ball like he did, like Rami just laid out, where it's like there's like three dudes who could pick this off. and uh, Maybe there were, I guess. I feel like, I feel like Case Keenum... Um, Case Keenum flashes just enough in his good moments to make you think that you could coach the bad moments out. And the Vikings were smart to realize the that you, said, can't no, you can't long term. The Vikings yes. said no. Although the ex-Viking highlight, without a doubt, last night was not Case. It had to be our guy. Oh, this was so good. Adrian Peterson. So Washington, first half, Peterson plays a ton, and they look terrible, right? Like they, like they were completely lost. The Bears yeah. dominated them. It's embarrassing. Okay. Second half, Washington starts to move the ball. They switch things up offensively. Adrian is on the sideline. And I, I love the Lisa Salters report that came up where she said, Adrian Peterson ex- is expressing his displeasure that he's not in right now. On a, I tweeted immediately. This is the most Adrian thing. Washed up. By the way, it's now sad. Like, this guy was great. It's now sad. The old famine, famine feast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to run for 80 yards. The 80-yard run is now gone. And he's on the sideline. He's lucky to have a job. And he's complaining. He was a healthy and active week one. Ex- yeah, and Jay Gruden ripped him. Yeah. And Jay Gruden said, well, I guess that the, the next time I... The reason he's playing is Darius Geis is out for the season. Exactly. So, but how Adrian is it at this point in his life and his career that he's on the sideline basically yelling about the fact he's not playing when his team is starting to do some things? Yeah, he's never... It's, oh. He's never been one for self-reflection or self-awareness. Is that why he got booted from the Saints a couple years ago? Yeah. yeah. He was he chewing out Sean thing? Payton. On game the one here. Yeah. U.S. Bank Stadium, his first game as a Saint, he's running up and down the sideline yelling at Sean Bleeping Payton, who, by the way, offensive mind-wise, is one of the probably top five. Yeah, when you have Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara also in the backfield ahead of you, like you're not needed. Adrian. Yeah, he was. He was. I did see him on camera during barking. that moment last night. He was snarling and barking or yelling. And of course, they cut right back, and the Redskins are just moving the ball everywhere, up and down the field, <laughs> nimble in the passing game. 
running backs out of the backfield, catching passes. I believe, in fact, I'm I'm pretty sure um, when the camera showed Peterson, the Redskins were they were inside the red zone, maybe inside the ten yard line, and they cut to Peterson, and he's just seething, and he's looking over, and yeah. anyone who will. Anyone with an earshot that can, like, why am I not in the game? And you can just see him stewing. And they literally cut back to the field. Ball snap, touchdown Redskins. Yeah. <laughs> the next play. With their third down back in. And he, yeah. he, when they scored that touchdown, he had just snapped his chin strap on. He's like, I'm getting back in this thing, man. And then they scored the touchdown. And, it was just, and that was the end of Adrian Peterson's night. Yeah. Oh, man. So, I don't know. I mean, he's he's going to go down. He's going to make the Hall of Fame. He's going to go down. It's such a conflicting Vikings tenure because he's going to go down as one of the great Vikings individual players of all time. But just like the, the way that the Vikings structured there, this is what's different, too, I guess, in fairness to Peterson, about the way the Vikings structured things the majority of his 10 years with the team compared to how they're structuring it now. He never had, outside of 2009 Brett Favre, he never had a quarterback even as good as Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins has flaws, and we sit here and we talk about him blowing the Packers game, and I think Kirk Cousins deserves criticism. But if you start to rank the quarterbacks that Adrian Peterson had after 2009 Brett Favre and before 2009 Brett Favre, it was Tavares Jackson, it was mediocre backup Gus Farratt. Kelly Holcomb for a while. Kelly Holcomb. That was bad, yeah. I mean, no, it, was, right. it was Christian Ponder, Matt Castle. It was so uh, bad. Josh, really bad. Josh Freeman for that one night in New York was fantastic. Oh. Well, the football flying 18 rows deep and not on purpose. One of the Detmers at one point. I don't think was he the guy. He was there for a week. Brandon, was it Brandon Webb who came in for far? Joe, when he was, Joe, Joe Webb. Webb. Yeah. yeah, Brandon, Joe. Joe's still around. Houston. I remember there were Packers fans who were like, man, this is Joe Webb kid. He could be something. Yeah, well, the best part, worried about the best part was Christian. So Christian Ponder can't play in the playoff game. And instead of, you know, I don't know, you know, rethinking the game plan and just letting Joe Webb run all over the field. Joe Webb was, if I remember, it was a pocket passer in that game, wasn't he? Well, Didn't they start off yes. that game with the the play or not the play action? The what is it? The option read Basically, option. The read option. Yes, offense, they did. They did one drive and they scored a touchdown, and we're all like, "Oh my gosh, Muskie has really morphed the game plan. Good for him in the second series." Joe Webb drops back to pass. Here comes Clay Matthews. He sacked. <laughs> Seven step drop. Five yeah, wide then, receivers. The very next week, <laughs> and tonight, the, the the Packers have to travel out to face the Forty Nine ers And Kaepernick them. does the exact same thing that Joe Webb did on that first drive and destroys them. Yeah. Anyways, we're not, we're not bitter at all around here. No, per, I don't know what you're talking about. Like it perfect sense. <laughs> doesn't sound like it at all. No, Phil is right, though. Kirk Cousins would have been a god in the children's, aside from five children's era. Yeah. So, all right, Crant, where we're shuffling some stuff around today. Roy Smalley is going to join us from Detroit in about 35 or 40 minutes to talk twins on the verge of clinching. Cram session makes its return when we come back here. Our uh, corrupt judge, Jonathan, is going to ask us three questions. I haven't looked at him yet. Good luck, Rami. Oh, I have, oh, I have no chance yesterday. anyway. I have I prepped. I did a lot of prepping for this. I have no chance I knew you'd prep on one of them at least. I prepped on three, and I did a lot of prepping okay. on it. I had I some you. critiques of Jonathan's Mecca, Minnesota's largest candy store, yesterday. So you I ripped it. I didn't rip it. I no, said I had a great it. time. I said it's a great place. Yeah. I just had a couple nitpicks. You said it was overrated. They had no Halloween candy out. Yeah. They had no Halloween. variations on your standard candy. You were this close to an endorsement. This close. And now it's I'll, gone. I would endorse them. I would also have some Doesn't advice like on how they can make it better. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your endorsement pitch? Yes. Rami here. Let me tell you how I can improve Wait, your business. I can, I'm excited because I'm going to talk about Federated here pretty soon, and I'm just going to spend the whole time. Do you have any saying, suggestions? You know, these are the things I would do to make. Do you have any suggestions <laughs> yeah. for Federated? Let's see how that, roll, see how that Phil works. Phil Mackey. Yeah. 
Insurance you, expert. Sir, how how are you just going to put Snickers out, dude? How are you just going to put Reese's out? Like, just regular... I can get that at the gas station, Jonathan. I'm not saying the place wasn't impressive. It's a giant building, and apparently you missed the other brands of candy there no, that like, you don't normally see Like, like I else? said, the, the handmade candies were great. I, I came home with a giant dark chocolate peanut butter cup that is literally the best peanut butter cup I've ever had in my life. But that's because it was a handmade, unique thing to Minnesota's largest candy store. The candy that they had out... Although they did have a Donald Trump candy bar, which which part did you eat first? Actually, <laughs> we'll come back. Really, you said that session. it wasn't in the shape of Donald Trump. <laughs> it just had him on the path. That oh, would be okay. so weird if it was in the shape of Donald Trump. Best candy bar ever. Oh man! All week long. Wow. Our goal here at Score North, aside from uh, helping Rami through his candy trauma, is to raise money to buy meals and a new lease on life. For Twin Cities Homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, benefiting Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities. And listeners, you guys can help us and you can help Twin Cities Homeless by bidding on some of these fantastic Minnesota sports experiences at scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Here's the auction item up for today, ending at 8 o'clock tonight. A Mackie and Jeb with Rami gopher football experience that includes a suite for 16 plus food and beverage catering. To Gophers, Penn State on Saturday, November 9th. Also, 16 halftime tunnel passes as well. So if you got some friends, family, youth football team, uh, pool the money together for a great cause. You can hang out with us. Maybe we drag the value down. I don't know. You can tell us to get lost and to not show up. But also attached to this item, a Mackie and Jeb with Rami studio sit-in and dinner for two of you after the show. 100% of the proceeds donated to Union Gospel Mission to help feed Twin Cities Homeless. Bidding open until 8 o'clock tonight. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. You can also just straight up donate. $29 buys a week's worth of meals for a person in need. Um, you know what? Let's talk about Federated Insurance, too. Rami, do why, don't, why don't you tell Federated how they can be better? They're as perfect. A okay, good. They're doing everything just right. <laughs> I bet they have Halloween candy out right now. They probably do. I actually. bet you they do. Yeah. What See? are those little things? Those little See that, Jonathan? Uh, the candy corns. Yeah, I bet they got the great candy corns. I don't want candy corn. Yeah. No, I want good luck today, Rami. I want Reese's pumpkins. Is what I want. Now, well, oh, you know what? Man. When you are for the second straight year one of the top 150 workplaces as voted on by the Star Tribune, like Federated Insurance is. You probably have that Halloween candy out a month in advance because uh, you know what the people want. And the people of Federated I would actually Insurance. advise them don't put out candy corn. The stuff is terrible. No, I disagree. It's awful. Shut his mic off right now. <laughs> Turn his mic off. Yeah. He doesn't I talk love again. You silence. <laughs> Federated. Your, your volume slider says different. Federated is a Minnesota based company going back to the early 1900s. And they are here to help your business thrive in multiple different areas. Lean on the experience of Federated Insurance. Go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, to find your Federated marketing rep and to find out more about the industries Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. It's been 10 years since we all went on a magic carpet ride with Brett Favre, and we're doing a deep dive into every aspect of that 2009 Viking season. You can join Sage Rosenfels, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Ryan Longwell on Minnesota Sports Rewind, the 2009 Vikings edition on demand anywhere. You find your favorite podcast or just go to scorenorth.com and click on shows. That's Minnesota Sports Rewind. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, by the way, thanks to the Canopy Group for powering the Mission for Meals auction item available till 8 o'clock tonight. A Mackie and Judd with Rami go for a football experience, a tunnel experience, 
at TCF Bank Stadium. A suite for 16. You get to hang out with us on Saturday, November 9th. And uh, also a studio sit-in at some point and dinner after the show. All of the money going to help feed and take care of Twin Cities homeless. Scorenorth.com slash Mission for Meals. Uh, proceeds go to Union Gospel Mission. And thanks to the, the Canopy Group, Jonathan Harrison. Start punishing Rami. Yeah. Fire three questions at us. And see let's, let's start off with I think I just earned some favor. Oh, what happened to your mic? That's too bad. That's Wait, too bad. that does not earn you favor, what, what? you did. Yes, it does. I think it should. You bathroom coward, you. No, not... now you made me feel bad. Made oh, you feel... oh, come now on. Now you made me feel bad. Oh, I don't blame you, Jonathan. I feel bad, too. Jonathan, I told I... you I'd wait outside, but the, you're that, like, no, that, no, no. That still wouldn't... I have a shy bladder, for those who don't know, and uh, Jonathan and I were both headed to the bathroom during the break, and I said, uh, this isn't happening. You go right ahead, sir. And he said, I can wait that- out, which is the worst thing you can do to somebody with a shy bladder. Now now I'm on the clock. So now he's telling you what to do. Now he's telling you how you should approach your bathroom I know. breaks. I'm just, just not going to answer these questions. <laughs> I have no chance of winning anyways. Why put thought and effort into this? All right, what's question number one? Outside of Dalvin Cook, who has been the Vikings MVP this year. Judley? Okay. So I gave this one great thought. Great thought, because it's a great question. Thank you. Um, oh, geez. My decision came down to, outside of Dalvin Cook, my uh, choices came down, I should say, to two people. Everson Griffin, who's been outstanding, and Daniil Hunter. And then I thought, you know what? Griffin's been great, but Hunter is great. He's got three sacks. He's dominant. These ends... Absolutely, at this point, help make this defense go. And Daniil Hunter is a guy who came basically, you know, project guy now to legitimately one of the top defensive ends in this league, consistently gets to quarterbacks. He's a nightmare uh, for opposing offensive tackles. So if I can't choose Dalvin Cook, I'm going to the defensive side of the ball with a team that's got a great defense, and I'm picking the guy who might be their best player right now, Daniil Hunter. Uh, I know you're angling for a player here, but I'm not going to give you that because okay. really it's Gary Kubiak who came in here and said, all right, I know, listen, Kevin Stefanski, you're going to call the plays and that's great. And Mike Zimmer, you're the head coach, but really I'm going to, I'm going to dictate what's happening around here offensively. And that Green Bay game, you're giving him an MVP vote after Gary that Kubiak after that play call. It was it, it, no. It's not you. again. It's the the play. You're, what are you going to never call a pass, Judd? Are you never going to? You're just <laughs> never going to call a pass on first and goal from the Green Bay eight. No, I'm not calling a pass yeah, there. It's you, a terrible you, play. You call. have to call passes. It's the NFL. So, but the, but, the, but the beauty of Gary Kubiak is to this point, the Vikings have called more running plays than all but two teams. Only the Niners and the Ravens have run the ball more than the Vikings so far this season in terms of yards per attempt. So the success of their runs. Only the Giants and Ravens have had more yards per attempt on the ground than the Vikings. So schematically, the Vikings are doing the right thing, despite the fact that Judd can't get over one play call <laughs> yeah, in week two. Change the course of if, your season so look, far. Tom Brady throws interceptions, too, so it's not like... Bill Belichick terrible calls play call, plays. Terrible pass, terrible pass, <laughs> terrible decision, can't get over right. it. I meant Won't to say Bill Belichick it. calls pass plays, but yeah. it's because he has Tom Brady. I'm, Rami, you want to try this? One? I'm also. <laughs> I, I, I'm, <laughs> you want to participate? I'm I mean, your name's not, on the show. I'm also not going to pick an individual player. I'm going to pick a unit on this team, and I'm going to say this is going to be shocking. But I'm going to say the offensive line because wow. Delvin Cook 
would not be doing what Dalvin Cook is doing if they weren't so good at run blocking. It's a lot like Minnesota's largest candy store. The offensive line nice has standard. its strengths, and it's really good, but it's also got some things that aren't so good, like the passing game. It's, it's, it's the offensive line of Minnesota's largest candy store. It's really good on the surface, but then there are just some things you can nitpick and fix. Well, you tried. I hate you. <laughs> You still managed to work a bash into the I know, the that's what I was trying so. to do. That's what I was You're going not gonna for. Win that I'm one. not, I wasn't going to win anyway. So I'm just going to bash <laughs> Minnesota's largest candy store and piss you off. That's what I'm going to do. That's my tactic this week. <laughs> you might never win again. The label is corrupt judge, so. When the ship is sinking, man, I don't. <laughs> but you're going somewhere else with that for a second. I thought we going to need the jump button for a second. <laughs> when the ship is sinking, Rami's just bashing more holes even, into the stern. Yeah, I don't even look for a rescue raft. I just keep on bashing holes into the stern. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm going to agree with Judd here. Daniil Hunter has been one of the bright or one of the best players on that defense, if not the entire team. Uh, second question. We've had trouble figuring out the NFC North in through three weeks. I don't think we've learned that much about what separates these four teams, so rank them. Who's the best? Who's the worst? One through four. Ooh. Robin, do you want to take a stab first? Sure. I can go first on this one. <laughs> Bengals, Steelers. Thanks, guys. Just name four teams. Who cares at this point? <laughs> Dolphins. Yeah, Dolphins. I think the Packers are the best team in this division right now. The Packers are like the environment at Minnesota's largest candy store. Really, really good. All right? I think the Bears are the second best team. In the NFC North, they're like the homemade candy. They're like the homemade candy at Minnesota's largest candy store. Third, third is the Minnesota Vikings, and they're those big, like, they have all the Avengers and superhero uh, statues there. Also cool, really good, adds to the experience. And then the Lions. The Lions are just like a regular old Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or Snickers, like you'll find at Minnesota's largest candy store because they don't have the specialty name brand candy. Hmm. All right, I'll play that game, too. Okay. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers are the candy corn of the NFC North. I'm not playing this they game, are, by the way. They, yeah, are, the, they are the best team until, although although it is worth noting, the Vikings, the Vikings were the better team when the three hours of play was done in Week 2. The Vikings just, uh, they fired a couple rounds of candy corn into their feet, <laughs> and they lost the game because of their own doing. So the Packers are number one. The Vikings are the second best team in the division. Doesn't guarantee that they're going to beat the Bears on the road this weekend. Uh, Bears number three. You could almost say that the Bears and Vikings are tied, but I'll put Vikings a slight notch above the Bears and the Lions. Although not embarrassing, they haven't lost a game yet this year. Uh, the Lions are tried. So that's I'm going Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Judd. Um, I'm not going. I'm abandoning all candy references <laughs> in this segment. But uh, I'm going to actually have the same as Phil. Packers won. They've won three games. They're, they're the best right now. Vikings two, Bears three, which is why I'm so excited for uh, Sunday's game to find out if that flip-flops. And you know what? I know I know they've got a tie. I know they've got two wins. But it's the Lions. I fully expect them to become the Lions here at some point soon. So Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. I agree with Phil. Well, since we have a tie here between the two best takes, I'm going to have to give the edge to the guy who uses candy and says candy corn is up there as one of the better candies because it is not candy corn is awful. Rami, you can get out of here. So terrible again. It's like a it's like sugar and plastic. It's like it's like chewing on sugar and plastic. Two of my favorite things. (laughs) Is that the only candy you don't like? 
Because you like almost all candy, don't I'm not you? I'm a big coconut guy. Oh, I love coconut. So anything with coconut, I'm pretty really? much out. Yeah. I'm a huge coconut guy. love coconut. That's mm. pretty much it. I literally just realized I'm a coconut fan. Oh, my God. All right, what's question three? <laughs> Why am I even here? Through three weeks, we have some pretty interesting teams in Thanks the NFL uh, that many people can't figure out. <laughs> you've each been given a team. I want you to convince me that their record is for real. Phil, you've got the 2-0-1 Lions. Judd, you've got the 3-0 49ers. And Rami, you've got the 3-0 Bills. I think the Bills are for real. Um <laughs> I don't really. I don't, no, even, I I don't even know sorry. how to do Why this. Why don't you just? I don't even know how to do this, man. I really don't. Here, let me give it a try. Um, I actually did like Josh Allen coming out of college. I, I think he has a chance to be a good quarterback, not a great, not a franchise quarterback or anybody who's going to change the, the fate of the Buffalo Bills. But I think he's a good quarterback. That defense looks pretty good. Basically, the Bills are like Minnesota's largest candy store. They look good on the surface. Those uniforms are nice. They have some good You just libeled the candy store. You know what you just said? Uh, but it's got its weaknesses. You're comparing the Bills to my, one of my favorite places on Earth. It really was a great experience. It was fun. I He'll, enjoyed he it. He might never win again. He, he might, might never get a try. point again. He might not. This is Don and Mackie and I. Which team did you give me? The Lions? <laughs> yeah, I gave you the Lions. <laughs> I withdraw. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. You both can't do this. I researched this. I did actual work. I spent five minutes researching the 49ers. I, had no choice. I think this has happened every time I've come up with one of these questions where I pick teams for you guys to, <laughs> to convince me of. Either one of you withdraws and then the other one just, or another one just comes up with some crap answer like Rami's was. Well, Judd did five minutes of research, it. so fire away. I researched this. The 3-0 San Francisco 49ers. Can I get some NFL music, please, behind me to talk about Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan, and the boys? My new favorite team. 21 years ago, oh the San Francisco God. 49ers started the season 3-0. and But the halcyon days in San Francisco became the dog days in Santa Clara. Until this season, <laughs> when the high-flying 49ers and good-looking man-is-he-hot-even-to-me Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> took over at quarterback. He is a good-looking man. In week one, San Francisco traveled to Tampa Bay. Three interceptions, two touchdowns, 31-17. The 49ers won. Did you know in that game, San Francisco had three touchdowns negated by penalty? It did not matter. In week two, they traveled to Cincinnati. Jimmy Garoppolo, in all his hotness, threw three touchdown passes in a 41-17 drubbing of the undermanned Bengals. And then last week against Pittsburgh, the Steelers go to Santa Clara The 49ers turn over the ball five times and yet come away with a 24-20 victory to improve to 3-0 in what has been a magical season in the city by the bay. The San Francisco 49ers, they're not only for real, they're a Super Bowl contender. Wow. Well done, Judd. He should be disqualified just for saying they're a Super Bowl contender, but that's just me. Well, that's why I'm the corrupt judge. Judge Judd is going to win today. I get the second point. Five minutes of preparation and then... Some voice so, work. so Judd gets the win. Congratulations. <laughs> Judd's getting the win today. <laughs> now, we do have an episode of Claw Life Chronicles before the, the hour is over. Jonathan Harrison. Garoppolo is hot, by the way. This is a good-looking man. He's a very good-looking man. Thank you. Very good-looking man. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but like judging the looks of other men, um, if you're like an 8 to a 10, I can recognize you're a very good-looking man. Clooney? 
But if you're a six, are you going to recognize the personality? If you're a no? one, two, a three, I'm going to notice you're not a very good looking Rami's dude. Rami's right. Everybody this, else just perfect. blends together. Just blends you know, together for me. That's the best explanation of that I've ever heard because it's exactly right. <laughs> you can't even, you didn't even remember meeting a, a, four, a six? A four to a seven. Anywhere, anywhere four to seven, <laughs> you, know you okay. all look the same Because if you're, because if you're, and get, by the way, I'm in that. I think I'm in that. Because if your gal, closer to the four. Because if your gal looks at a six and says, oh, he's cute, you're like, what? Like, what? Really? What do he you is? see? I don't see it. But when Don says, oh, my God, Clooney, I'm like, yeah, who doesn't think that? <laughs> Ryan Gosling, right? You look at Gosling, you're like, okay. Good looking dude. Yeah, that's a good looking really dude. really good looking dude. I would. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what? On a scale of 1 to 10, TCL, probably more in like that 9 to 10 range. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nothing like a candy store, range. is it? Yeah. It's uh, it's got all the bells and whistles. It's got all the good-looking actors too. You want to watch a George Clooney movie? If you're in the mood, yeah, you can find that on five thousand plus streaming channels, five hundred thousand plus movies and TV show episodes. You can probably just search for Ryan Gosling. That's my guess. You'll probably find some stuff on Amazon, Hulu, all kinds of different streaming platforms. If you're a sports fan, you're not going to find George Clooney on the sports platforms, but you might find Jimmy G. You might find uh, Zach Parisi. You can find uh. You can find dozens of sports streaming channels. Is that good looking a good looking man? He's good looking. He ain't that good looking. Yeah. He ain't no Jimmy G. Okay. But uh, Sidney Crosby? I don't know. Kind of depends on what you're No, hockey for. players. It's tough, man. TCL TVs at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and at TCLUSA.com if you wanted to find out more information. Time for the Score North download here. Jonathan here with this hour's download. The countdown to the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon Weekend is on. It's not too late to sign up for the TC10K, TC5K presented by Fredrickson and Byron or sign up for the Medtronic TC Family Events featuring races for kids of all ages. To learn more or sign up, visit tcmevents.org or visit scorenorth.com keyword marathon. And this is this download. I need Rami Maklov's help here if he's paying attention. Maybe not. He's paying zero attention yeah. to you right now. Rami, I need your help here. He's still, he's still paying no attention. <laughs> what happened? I'm sorry. You're the uh, the comedian on crew, correct? I guess, yeah. I need uh, some comedy. I need you to judge some comedy for me. All right. This is from Good Morning Football this morning. Okay. He thinks the Bears are Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> Where do you rank that comedy? Hilarious. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's been your score note download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Are they? Super are the, are the Bears Super Bowl contenders? I believe that as much as I did when the season started. Which was, yes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just... I think I, so. I just, man, I just don't think Trubisky's good. Are the Vikings, like though, last then? last night, too. Conversely, are, are the Vikings? Because I'd put the Bears I mean, I, and Vikings in the same bin, personally. Yeah, I, I think Cousins is better than Trubisky. Oh, I don't. I really don't. Really? I think they're very, very similar, only Trubisky can run. Hmm. The running, the running aspect is fair, and that that's actually if you're going to make a case, going no pun intended, going back 40 minutes ago, the case like Case Keenum gets out on the edge and will make a play that Kirk Cousins won't. He'll also throw three interceptions that shouldn't be for thrown both to. for both Cousins and Trubisky. The problem is that when they start thinking, they're especially under any sort of pressure, their brain locks up. The only when they just react, they're both really. I mean that. Everybody was talking about the the catch last night on that on the throw in the front corner of the end zone. That throw by Mitchell Trubisky. I don't think Kirk Cousins can make that throw. Actually, he can if he doesn't think on the run off his back foot. And he can make forty some, some yards on he, a dime. He made a throw in week uh, two last year at Lambeau to Thielen that was incredible. Well, heck, the Diggs throw this year. That's a heck of a throw, but it's the same thing. 
don't think. Right. Uh, the, o- the only thing that I-, I would say where Trubisky has a clear advantage on Cousins on Sunday, and I'm not being flippant or joking here, is because Trubisky can move. I don't fear he's going to get hurt, but I still th- think he can play an incredibly crappy game. Cousins I'm concerned about because the Bears might hurt him. And the other reason why I believe both the Vikings and, and the Bears can have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations, who's that powerhouse in the NFC? Who's that? Like we look at in in baseball, we look in the American League, and we go, "You're going to have to get through the Astros, man. That's a really good baseball team. Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't exist in the NFC." Yeah, the 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 Patriots and the Chiefs are far and away right. the two best teams in the NFL, right. right? And now that New Orleans is without Drew Brees, although that was a huge win on the road for New Orleans, um, and of course, like you might put Seattle up there in the NFC, but then they just got smoked at home by New Orleans with a backup quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Dallas, like, who would you guys say is the best team in the NFC right now? Because I, I might put Dallas number one. I would probably, in the NFC. If I was making NFC power rankings today, I think I'd probably put Dallas on top. Where are the Rams? Second, probably. The Rams are pretty good, but I, I think the Bears and Vikings are very much in, in that same bin. Which is not to say that they're going to be bad or great, but I can't judge them yet. This is why Sunday's game is so intriguing because I think coming out out of Sunday. I'm not saying that the team that loses season will be done or the team that wins their season will be made, but I think you'll have a lot better feel for them. Because the Vikings have won twice, and they've, to their credit, won home games in which they've kicked the snot out of opposing teams, Mm -hmm. one of which is terrible. They could have won in Week 2, but they didn't. So when you're going to go and play a game like the Vikings are with two really good defenses and offenses where, where there's certainly some attributes there, but they're not great, I think this will help decide the direction, at least, a course for both teams. Yeah, this is, you know what, I'm a huge Notre Dame football guy. You guys know I've been a Notre Dame football guy in my life. So my grandpa played for Newt Rockney, and I've lived with the Notre Dame reality since I, like, my the first time I remember watching Notre Dame was, like, early 90s Lou Holtz, and basically ever since Lou Holtz left. So my adult life watching Notre Dame, they never win big games. They never win big games. They, they go on the road against Georgia, and I'm just... At peace, knowing that this is gravy. Man, if this is close in the fourth quarter, it's gravy. And it feels like the Vikings, after the Minneapolis miracle, are Notre Dame football. That every game you look at and you think, all right, here it is. This is your test. Prime time. Here come the Seahawks, right? Going to play at Seattle. Or, all right, it's a road game at Chicago. Patriots, whatever it may be. They just don't win. And Kirk Cousins is kind of like that, too. His whole career going back to Washington. So I just want to see... I don't care if the Bears are or aren't as good as they were last year. I mean, this is a game you circle. It's in a national TV window. It's a road environment that the Vikings traditionally struggle in. Go win it. You have permission to win this game on Sunday. And it'll tell us a lot if the Vikings Not Rami's, do. they don't. <laughs> I'm giving them permission. You're giving permission to win? No, the, I'm giving permission to the Bears. Oh, yeah. okay. The I, Bears thought, I thought we were yeah. talking about the Vikings there. Yeah. No, the Vikings. The Vikings don't win games like this. It, it, not yeah. in the last couple of years, anyways. So go win a game like this. Yeah, if they, if I'm they, with you. Like if they don't, Kirk win, Cousins go win. It. If they don't win this game, it's impossible to look at the rest of the schedule and say, all right, well, that Kansas City game. But if they win a game like this on the road against that defense and Khalil Mack, um, that that makes you think, okay, maybe they are. Maybe schematically, maybe maybe they are reaching a different level than they were at last year. But. If they don't win, then they're. I mean, then they're still the same 500 team they were last. And year. did you boys see who's calling this game on CBS? Mm-mm. Do we get? Do we get the A team? We get the A team. Wow. Man, Why is this a roll. CBS game? This feels like a like a prototypical Fox, Fox because game. Because a couple of years ago they they went to a weird thing because of 
I, I don't know why, but they did, they went to a really unusual thing where once in a while the AFC Network gets an an uh, game from this conference, and I don't know why, but it's uh, Nance and Romo. Okay, Jim, Jim, Jim. Maybe Romo. He's participating in the golf. Oh, tournament is this, this still weekend. in question? Yeah. Oh no! Wait, what? So Tony CBS no. is allowing Tony Romo to play in a PGA Tour event. If he makes the cut, he won't be able to make the game. He's what? not going to make the cut in a, in a PGA event. Yeah, he played in one last year. Was right. like ten over or something? Phil's right. He won't make, he the cut. make the cut. Aren't there plenty of tournaments to play in during the off season? If I'm CBS, that's what I'm saying to this guy. Who's... That's what they said last year. No, not there's they not said no last year. No, because the, these the the tournaments you're seeing right now don't include the top players in the world. This is I'm pretty sure this is like off season for the top players in the world, and yeah. there's just, these are like. Well, it's this tournament that he's playing in, if I'm reading this story correctly, it's got Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau. Really? Phil Mickelson. Oh, my God. He's not going to yeah. make it. That's wrong. Okay. But Phil's right about this. I don't think. So how many how many top guys are in this tournament? Uh, that's all it says in this article. Okay. But who's, yeah. who's the replacement for Tony if he can't do it? No idea. That's going to be disappointing. Nance Solo in golf. Hushed tones. Cousins back to pass. Here Hello, comes Mac. Ah, yes. It appears he's been thrown into the fifth row at Soldier Field. <laughs> Hello, friends. Can you pick Kirk Cousins up and pass him back onto the field? Because hmm. we'll be back right after this. CBS. <laughs> the Bears and Vikings on CBS. CBS. Romo's been given a 10,000 to 1 odd of winning oh, so the he'll be there. So he will be working on CBS. Which, by the way, I I told you guys, Jonathan asked if we would, in, in another uh, crooked cram session that we had previously, he asked if we would pay him some ridiculous amount of money. Ten. And I said, no. You got to you have to you have to bring an audience that otherwise wouldn't be. I mean, I'm gonna we're obviously gonna watch the game whether Tony Romo is there or not. You want right? a ten million dollars? Yeah. No. There's no way. I pay him. No way in hell. Uh, hey, two minutes for a quick Claw Life Chronicles episode here, Jonathan Harrison. Yeah, so this last weekend was, uh, it was the city celebration days where I live. And so I live five blocks from Main Street where they basically shut shut town down. And Friday night, basically the entire town comes out and drinks, has a fun time. My street is the only street you can use to get through town during that time. So people just come ripping through my street or they park there and then walk up and whatnot. So... It's all fine throughout the night. Wake up in the morning, look out in the yard, see if there's anything there. Because there usually is. There's a half-empty can of White Claw sitting there. Ooh. Like, hmm, what's going on here? So I go and check, look at the can. I'm like, okay, it's half-empty. Look right next to it. There's a pile of someone's throw-up. <laughs> Did you finish off the claw? I uh, certainly tipped it back on top of the pile of throw-up. To <laughs> that was my first question, too. You had to drink the rest of the claw. You had to drink the rest of the claw. Was it mango? You don't let that go to waste. Is there... What's the dark purple one? That's black cherry. Yeah, it's black cherry. Or raspberry. That could be raspberry. Eh, I think it's, I think it's black, black cherry. Probably black right. cherry. You're probably yeah. right. So, that yeah, was, was a in my claw axle. life chronicle I wasn't so expecting. <laughs> yeah, you were all disappointed in me. I you thought didn't. you were... Yeah, I thought you partook in claw. No, no, no. no. You didn't indulge? No, no I, I indulged you? in some beer that night, but no white claw. You're my guy. Jonathan's my guy. That is an episode of Claw Life Chronicles. <laughs> I went out with uh, Danny and Declan Friday night. Declan is like <laughs> that's dangerous. Man. All about the claws. Yeah, just, so, just, his, I think his Twitter handle is just now like at Declan White Claw. Yeah. And I started off the night with the claw, and then I was like, you know what, man, I'm on, I'm on staycation. Let me do some damage here. Switch to Jameson and ginger ale. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Then I drunk dialed some Thai food. <laughs> Ooh, buddy. <laughs> What'd you get? Night. That was a night right there. Uh, Beef Fred Curry. Oh, that's yeah. good. Actually, really I, have, good. I, have, I have a friend who the, the, play is, the play is White Claw with a splash of vodka in it, or more than a splash of vodka. <laughs> I mean, White Claw basically is... Like seltzer water with spiked with vodka. That's basically what white, that's all white claw is. So he just doubled the alcohol content. Is all he did. I love the fact that you drunk dialed Thai food. Like most guys drunk dial an X. So they drunk dial. He just like oh, I'm all messed up. Who should I call? Hey, it's Thai food. I'm saying faithful in a long term relationship, man. All, all, I, all I got around with, a, in a long with, distance relationship with, with Thai food. Or all I guy? got is all I got is Thai food. Judd. Don't take this from me. No, I'm not. I'm giving you credit. A man has needs. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll continue our long-term relationship with Roy Smalley. When we come back, we'll talk twins and potential clinching here soon. He's in Detroit with Fox Sports North. Luther Brookdale Toyota, speaking of long-term relationships, they've been a part of this show for six years now. Luther Brookdale Toyota on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And they've been helping my family for 30-plus years going back to the mid-1980s. And you can just stop by their website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, to find out all kinds of specials here. 2020 models on the lot. I'm driving a 2019 RAV4 XLE that I just cannot rave enough about. And if you stop in, not only will they give you a test drive of whatever your favorite vehicle is there, they'll show you all the technological bells and whistles that you get with the console screens now. Apple CarPlay, how to connect your phone with the Entune system, all the safety features, you name it, stop in, open until 9 o'clock tonight, corner of 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard, Luther Brookdale Toyota. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, it is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Where Roy Smalley is out in Detroit, and I'm going to guess, barring something unforeseen, you're going to witness a champagne celebration this week, Roy Smalley? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, uh, twins need to win three ball games uh, out of these last six, and I, um, I imagine they're going to get that done. So pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, what is your current Twins playoff rotation? <laughs> Well, you know, I I think that you have to. I hadn't thought about it a lot, but I so focused on the, uh, on doing whatever I can do um, uh, kinetically to get them uh, <laughs> uh, to win the division. Uh, but um, I think I think you uh, obviously Jose Barrios has got to be uh, one, and I I actually think with the way, and we'll see how he pitches tonight. But with the way Jake Odorizzi has pitched against the Yankees in the past. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, him out there again. And other than that, I think it's going to be real interesting to see if it's if they uh, if there are uh, bullpen games, you know, opener uh, type games, or whether uh, Kyle Gibson or Martin Perez are still in the mix. I really don't know how they're how they're feeling about that. But you know, it's interesting, isn't it, with the different combinations? So we're now we're thinking we're looking at how Randy Dobnak is pitched, and we're saying, man, let's. Let's run him out there. And here you've got a guy that not too long ago was an independent ball as opposed to somebody, you know, pitching on a gigantic stage as opposed to uh, some uh, more veteran guys. But at some point in time, uh, somebody's going to make the decision about who they think are best suited to get Yankee hitters out if that's who, if that's who they end up playing. 
Roy, in your world, what, if any, role uh, in the ALDS do Gibson and Perez have at this point? Well, I I think that um, they're either going to, you know, one or both are either going to start or they're going to be the the probably uh, likely maybe I, I don't know, but likely the the long man of something uh, untoward to use y'all's term. Uh, uh, happens, you know, if someone gets someone gets knocked down in the first or injured or something, then they're they're, uh, they're I, I think those two guys would be uh, would certainly be considered for uh, see if you can give us four or five innings. Talking with Roy Smalley of Fox Sports North as we do every Tuesday here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Roy, what about the role of Mitch Garver? Because that's a guy who they haven't caught every day, and and it appears that the the rest that he gets has resulted in production at the plate. But do you try and get him in the lineup just about every game once October hits? I do. I, I, I really do. I think this is – let's face it, the, the Twins are uh, are a team that needs to uh, slug it out. And I think you need all your sluggers uh, in there. He's proven he can hit right-handed pitching. And, um, it, you know, barring any a slump or real ineffectiveness, uh, I think you have to you have to give him uh, you know give him a shot. They'll be looking at matchups and you know previous history against uh, whoever the Yankees or Astros are, are pitching. Uh, not that it's going to make a whole lot of difference with that uh, Houston pitching staff, but uh, what the uh, what the stats are. But um, I, I think that um, I, I think they have to go with as much offense. This club is built on. Uh, just what we've seen and what we may see again here from Jake Odorizzi, which is somewhere uh, more than five and less than six innings, two or three earned runs, uh, and then uh, offense taker from there, boys. And and I, I think that's going to be the personality of the team in, in the postseason. Uh, Roy Smalley's appearances with us here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami, powered by Doug's Power Equipment and Blaine. And speaking of power, if the Yankees and the Twins face off in the ALDS, it'll be a matchup between the two greatest power-hitting teams statistically in baseball history. Just another reason why the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show fully endorses Twins-Yankees as maybe the most entertaining playoff series. I mean, we, it, it, are you saying bring it on at this point? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I, I think the players would be excited about that. Um, I think the players feel, uh, you know, the, dominate, the past domination notwithstanding the players' You know, went toe to toe with the with the Yankees this year, and uh, but for a, a couple of uh, one one fantastic uh, play by Aaron Hicks in center field, and a couple of uh, breaks here and there, uh, they were the equal of, of that ball club. And I I think uh, they say bring it. They would say bring it on, and so I I, I would too. I think it is going to be tremendously entertaining, and and I mean. A fourteen to twelve ball game in Target Field that uh, featured what it featured and ended when a center fielder makes a catch and they win, doesn't make the catch and they lose. I mean, that's how can you not wish for those two teams to go at it again? Exactly, right? Among all time years that you've seen from older players, where does Nelson Cruz's two thousand nineteen fall? Forty home runs, four hundred career now. Um, I, I think his presence in that clubhouse probably can't be adequately articulated. Just what you've seen from this guy at 39, where does this fall among the all-time great years for a player near 40? 
I it's uh, what what could it, does it have to be uh, top five? I mean, I don't know. That's a great question, and and um, you know, all of you and your crack statisticians ought to uh, ought to look that up and see what who's played it uh, throughout history in thirty at age thirty nine and, and what they were able to accomplish. But I just think this is one of the, the uh, most remarkable performances uh, for anybody, least least of all a thirty nine year old, and and uh, I, I I don't have any that come to mind that are any better than this. Let's put it that way. Roy, what about Miguel Sano? You were talking about you need you, you need Mitch Garver's bat in the lineup come the postseason. He'd like Sano's in there too, especially the way he's been hitting lately. But he's a defensive liability almost anywhere you put him. How do you get all these guys, all these bats in the lineup at the same time to slug it out in October? You know, this is who they are. I mean, it it, it they're not going to change anything now. You're not going to make uh, Miguel Sano a better third baseman. Uh, but that's where that's where he has to play, and and I think he has to be uh, in the lineup unless there is a statistical reason where there's just no way that he can hit. Uh, uh, that the odds are that he's going to do anything against a, a, a given pitcher. Um, I think he needs to be in the lineup, and and you 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 take what you take because this is this is who they are. And I will just say this about Miguel Sano: uh, what he has done here this second half of the season is uh, remarkable in, in its own right. And, you know, I've been critical of him in the past and, and uh, because I think he could be better than a 240 hitter uh, with, with all the power and, and run production that he has a chance, uh, you know, to throw up there. And he has thrown up there this year. But I, I just think that we have to, uh, we have to acknowledge that what he's done has been in his ability just to stay uh it, uh, in the in the moment of each pitch and at bat, even it, when evidence to the contrary, when he's getting blown away by fastballs or swinging and missing breaking balls by a long way, then somebody throws him a a, a, a cookie or some something in the middle of the plate that he can handle, and he 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 devastates it. And he, there's that's all. I guess my point is that's always lurking there with him because he doesn't let the fact that he hasn't hit to this point in the game or at bat uh, or the week. Uh, affect him evidently because he's gotten some huge, huge hits, and that's both in the literal and figurative sense. Yeah, and and by the way, too, whether it's Miguel Sano or we just talked about Nelson Cruz, the Twins have played the Yankees. Let's see, two thousand three, two thousand four in the playoffs, two thousand nine, ten. So this is this would, and then if you count the wild card game, so if they meet, this could be the sixth time that they meet in the last fifteen years or so. And this is probably the first time that I've truly felt like this roster doesn't give a bleep anymore. Like they, that they're not walking in, and that there's not that sort of uh, feeling of being inferior. I guess they might get beat, they might get swept, but I think they're going to go in thinking that they're the better team. Maybe for the first time in all of those matchups. I absolutely agree with you, and I think they may be the better team. You know, a lot's going to depend on. Uh, on the, uh, the on the pitching and and just whether or not the you know this twin staff however it works can hold them down hold the Yankees down just a little bit and let let the twins hitters you know go to work and what the twins hitters know is that um, you know harking back to fourteen to twelve I mean there's no lead that's safe there's no amount of uh, runs and they they were getting. They were scoring those runs against guys throwing 98, 99 miles an hour, and they were they were delivering. So I think you're right about that. I think Nelson Cruz could care less about what the Twins and Yankees have done 
before. Nelson Cruz and the boys are ready, I believe. Absolutely. Uh, Roy, help me out here. Eddie Rosario, when he's going good or when he's playing well and fully engaged, he can be great. There have been times, it seems like, this year, and especially we've seen a couple instances, the White Sox ball that, that he hit off the fence, he didn't run. And, and then the weird one on Saturday against Kansas City, he grounded out to second and didn't run. And he, he made a play in the field that day that he almost dropped a ball. How do you reach that point with him or get through to him the just the amount of importance at this time of year, I guess, of being fully engaged throughout the course of a game? Well, that's how managers make the big bucks, right? I mean, they, uh, Rocco <laughs> is... Uh, he he doesn't miss anything. He's not not that he hasn't seen that stuff, and and he's going to be the one that's going to decide the answer to your question and how to how to how to deal with um, with personalities on on his team. And in in this case, you know, personality that uh, I think uh, you have to you have to really spend some time thinking about how you're how you're going to handle it. So it's um, uh, I it would be. I think it would be disingenuous for me to say, here's what you do uh, with a guy like that, because because I'm not the manager of the team that's with these guys every day and have a and have a really good understanding of of who each one of his players are. I think that's one of the strengths of Rocco. I, I I think that he's into who each one of his guys is, and I think that um, he would have a plan for how he needs to uh, you know deal with with each personality and. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think for me, Eddie would be a challenge. There's no question about it. I mean, you look at all that talent, what he can do, what he's done this year. I mean, it's phenomenal, phenomenal year. And then, and then there are, there are other times when you, he does things you really wish you wouldn't. So that's it. That's, a, that's a manager's job. Roy, earlier today on the on the Twins show here on Score North, Bruce Dark Gratterall came up, and I said that guy could be the X factor for that bullpen because I feel pretty good about this bullpen right now. That if the Twins have a run after or have a lead after five or six innings, that they'll likely close it out, even against good lineups like the Astros and the Yankees. But if Gratterall, if the moment is isn't too big for him and he can harness his stuff here in October, I think that's a complete game changer of adding another dynamic arm to that bullpen for those big situations. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, you know, I, I I've been able to uh, finally, you know, watch him enough appearances now to have some kind of some kind of sense. I think the big the big concern is, you know, we see the velocity 99 100 101, but he doesn't miss a lot of of bats. And you don't, you don't see guys not catching up. Uh you know, occasionally he's got big velocity with big movement, sync movement and all that and and guys are are really kind of overwhelmed by by that, but his, you know, his basic ninety nine or hundred isn't like um, isn't like other guys like closers that uh, that we see uh, that come in throwing ninety nine or hundred and, and and guys are just struggling just to just to just to catch up. So I I think that's an interesting uh, piece of Gratterall that uh, we're going to have to figure out. I will say this: he's got a terrific slider when he throws that in a good spot. It's it's uh, pretty unhittable. So the combination of of ninety nine or hundred or ninety eight or whatever it is, you know, for strikes with movement uh, is great. If if the slider is also effective at the same time, meaning throwing it not hanging him, throwing it where he wants to, then the fastball is more than good enough. It's just not. It's not the kind of fastball so far that I've seen where it's 100 miles an hour and that's more than good enough because the guys aren't 
the guys aren't swinging and missing it. He's going to he's gonna have to have the combination of the two. Yeah. That is Roy Smalley out in Detroit for Fox Sports North. He's a World Series champion, and uh, the Twins are going to clinch sometime this week. And then we'll see if it's Yankees or Astros in the first round of the ALDS. So uh, the next time we talk, we'll be previewing a playoff game, a real, like, actual series playoff game for the first time in nine years, Roy Smalley. We're looking forward to it. It's the best, best, best of times, no question. I'm excited. All right, safe travels, and we'll talk next week. That is Roy Smalley, Hall of Famer, uh, or uh, I should say a World Series Series champion. Champion, yeah. He's um, He's got a ring. He does. And I want to circle back real quick on... You brought up um, Bruce Dark Ratterall, but it sort of triggered a thought, I, and, and this isn't to dump on your guy, Craig Kimbrell, in a terrible Cubs series, and they got swept by your sure, favorite team, not. the Cardinals. Yeah, We're yeah. not going to dump on you for uh-huh. that. Cubs but, choked, right? Yes, John. I'm sorry. That was, I forgot. You were just fact-checking, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Factually correct that it they did right choke. It says right here, yep, yeah. they choked. One, one run games <laughs> and all those <laughs> you, you looked it up? I Googled it. It looks okay. like 2019 Cubs, RIP, they choked. <laughs> all right, good. And uh, part of the reason why they choked, if you look at the 23 appearances and 20 and two-thirds innings of Craig Kimbrell, he has a 6.53 ERA. He's walking everybody. Uh, home he's runs had injury have issues. Been his issue. Nine home runs allowed. Yes. By the way, he came into the season. The most home runs he had ever allowed in a season was seven, and that, that's a full season. He's allowed nine so far in 20 innings with the Cubs. Uh, meanwhile, Tyler Duffy has a 2.26. Including two and two pitches to give up a lead against the Cardinals in the biggest game of the year. Yeah. Not that you're bitter. No. Or anything. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Duffy, meanwhile, has a 2.26 ERA. He is striking out, let's see here, uh, 78 strikeouts in 55 innings and is one of the most untouchable relievers in baseball this season. And I know that it's easy to spend other people's money and sit here Um and 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 we I can confirm that the Twins did offer a two year deal for Craig Kimbrell. It wasn't like they were out on Craig Kimbrell. They just it was a calculated gamble that they didn't want to go a third year. But does this front office deserve a little bit more credit and praise for the fact that they've turned this bullpen into a monster? And Tyler Duffy has actually been the ace that they needed at the trade deadline or before the trade deadline, and they and they decided to say no to Craig Kimbrell for a third year. I just think that's kind of interesting. A lot of people dumped on the front office. It's a great job. I think you can. It's easy to look back and and say that now. And by the way, everybody in this room wanted Craig Kimbrell, right? They want. We all wanted the Twins to sign Craig. And we Kimbrell. made one mistake. We wanted the wrong guy. Keuchel would be really good here right now. Sure, yeah. Keuchel's been good. But we all even said that was we, our mistake. We all even said we'd go to that third year. Yes, we would have offered him that third year. Yep, ain't our money. So what is it? Sixty games now that since since he signed Craig Kimbrell, somewhere in there. We can look at these 60 games and say, yeah, you got the better pitcher. Tyler Duffy is the better pitcher, and that might have been the odd man out if you went and got Craig Kimbrell. But, and I brought this up yesterday on the Twins show, you don't judge a free agent signing after a small portion of the contract. And my example was you, Darvish. For a year, Twins fans and Brewers fans were very heavy in my mentions going, aren't you glad you signed you, Darvish? Sure glad we dodged that bullet, didn't spend that money. We said that too, yeah. You, Darvish, has been one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball for about three quarters of a season now. That contract is looking a lot better. When you sign a guy to a three-, four-, six-year contract like you did with Darvish, you don't expect every one of those years to be peak performance. You know there are going to be some dips and some disappointing seasons. If you get four good years on a six-year contract, you're happy. And if a guy's healthy for the majority of a six-year contract... 
you're happy, regardless of what the price tag is on it. So right now, yeah, it looks like not going and getting Craig Kimbrell was the smart thing to do. If Craig Kimbrell is helping the Cubs win baseball games next year, and for the entirety of that three-year contract, it'll be a different tune. I, mean, it is, I think the narrative was, well, it's just the Twins being cheap again. The Twins offered... Twenty-three million, I believe, on the on the first year of the contract to Craig Campbell, and then whatever the second year was. So, like that, he would have been their highest-paid player. And they looked at his age, and they looked at length of contract, and said, "Well, we're not confident that he can hold up physically, and that the, like some of the issues that popped up in his last year in Boston, that those weren't there." And so, I, I feel like you know they they come to their logical conclusion and say well we've got this amazing internal system and we're going to pump out dudes like Tyler Duffy and Taylor Rogers is here and Gratterall's on the way and those guys are much much more cost effective and allow the team to bring in the Nelson Cruises and the Jonathan Scopes etc i just like i hate how it's always simplified to well they're just cheap right well okay but like they have spent tens of millions of dollars on Internal infrastructure and beefing up their their analytics department so that they can cultivate a Tyler but Duffy. We, like. we were right on starters though, and they didn't do that. So there, there's always a flip side to things. Duffy improving, and you know what? It's great, but you, you also were panic's probably the wrong word, but you also went out and got Dyson because you thought your both bullpen had deficiencies, and he's hurt now, but. In retrospect, and and at, at the time, I think, when July 31st, the trade deadline hit, n- nobody knew about Pineda except Pineda being uh, potentially suspended, but that was when we all said, get a starter, too, and they didn't. So I, I always feel like there's two sides. You do some stuff right, you don't do some stuff right, and, and both sides probably have points there. But yeah, Kimbrell's been disappointing, and unfortunately for your uh, Cubs... It's been very disappointing. You could also make a, a point about Kimbrell. Let's say you swapped out. It wouldn't be a straight-up swap out because Duffy would still be in their bullpen. But if you gave Craig Campbell 20 innings and took somebody else's 20 innings out, like Sergio Romo's 20 right. innings or something, you could right. make a case that the, the Twins would not be leading the division right now going into the last week, right? It's a good possibility, yeah. I mean, like if you, obviously, if you swapped out Sergio Romo, sent him to the Cubs, mm-hmm. and, took away, and took away Craig Campbell. Can we do that? Can we go back and do that? <laughs> right? Like the Cubs would be in it. The Cubs would be a playoff uh, the Cubs, team right now. They still, they still look Possibly would have choked. I mean, this is, it just seemed like a choking <laughs> year for the Cubs. Sports station. You know, Nobody came here for Cubs talk. You know, some years I, I didn't come here you know, for Cubs talk. Sixty-nine, eighty-four, the Bartman year. The Cubs just choke some years. Yeah, they're epic chokes, though. It's true. They're memorable, Rami. They're impressive. Thanks, Judd. Yep. Oh, nice Bears deny. guard, by the way. I still have twenty sixteen. And you want to talk about your Bears a little more? We sure. Here? Now that. <laughs> that I'm here you, for. Yeah, because people, people <laughs> that, want Bears talking. That's Bears what I Vikings. came here for. That's what I'm here for. I was, so when, when, when the Redskins were driving down like 13 points, I'm just like, please let this yeah, happen. I saw you. Let this happen. That's all you. <laughs> you see, I wasn't rooting against your club. I wasn't doing that to you. No, you just take joy in it after the fact. Oh, absolutely. You don't actively root for my misery. You just take joy in it once it sets in. I go and observe the carnage and smile then. Fair enough. All right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Rami's Bears perspective when we come back on, uh, on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. We'll talk some Vikings Bears, but we do have all week long on Score North and on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. Our goal is to raise money to feed homeless people and get their lives back on track, courtesy of Union Gospel Mission, um, or on behalf of, I should say, Union Gospel Mission. And today's auction item, up for bid until 8 o'clock tonight, powered by the Canopy Group, is a Mackie and Jeb with Rami Gopher football experience. Get this. This is cool. I found out about this today. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to a Gopher game. You are. Or be your first Gopher game. Or dinner. Or all this stuff. This yeah. is a great package for me. And don't Six. forget, you're paying for dinner, Rami. Oh. 
Yeah, we didn't tell you that? No. Okay. Not drinks, you, though. You said you volunteered to. I'll pay for dinner. Today. It's a great cause. I'll pay for dinner, but not drinks. Not? I'm not paying a drink bill. Just pay bill. for my drinks. I'm not paying for just Judd Zolgad's drink bill. <laughs> no, no. And I'm dr- not drinking White Claws. I'm drinking beer, okay? I'm not taking out a second mortgage on my house back in Milwaukee that I still own. Judd drinks IPAs that are like 14% alcohol volume. So <laughs> which is why I need the right home. Like $50 That's why we got it. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a go, it's a Gophers Penn State game. On November 9th, and it's 16 tickets to a suite, including food and beverage catering. You get to watch the game with us, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and 16 halftime tunnel passes. We can go down there and get the tunnel experience. Um, and to add, there's a sit-in on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show. You can come hang out with us, and then we'll go to dinner after it's all said and done. You got to be uh, 21 years of age or older to win the bid, but you can bring your kids to the suite. Judges might creep them out. That's the only thing. That's the only thing you have to worry kids about. Kids love me. I have no idea after, what you're talking about. After six of those IPAs, yeah. <laughs> no idea what you guys are talking about. If you want a bid, open until 8 o'clock tonight. defamation. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Empty look for Trubisky. And Trubisky will have the easy toss to Gabriel for the score. And finally, the Bears' offense does that this year. Trubisky, easy, wasn't it? Gabriel again. Yeah, well, don't don't get used to it, Rami. I don't think it's going to be that easy against the Vikings. It won't even be though that. It'll be no, a, it won't be that be easy. a home game. It ain't going to be that easy don't you for have Mitch Trubisky. Third? Don't don't you have the next uh, bank of Trubisky? No, Trubisky comes out of the timeout in the short gun. Montgomery to his left. Takes the snap. Trubisky looking to throw to the end zone. Pass snared at the goal line. Intercepted. Intercepted by you-know-who, number 24. And he's running around like he's uh, just won something on New Year's Eve in Times Square. But Josh Norman with a swipe. (laughs) The analyst is the greatest. The first part, he goes, wow. That's Tom Thayer. He's great. Wow. He's so good. He's so My favorite thing about listening to Bears games on the radio, whenever there's a fumble, Tom Thayer just yelling, ball, ball. <laughs> he's just like, like he's on the field. Yeah, like he's, ball, ball, ball. Like he's still Football's playing. Football's the greatest. As soon as he sees the ball pop out, ball. Like the, uh, like the dog in Up who just, squirrel. <laughs> Football's the greatest. Those guys, the radio guys in football, I absolutely love. Go! 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 It is amazing. Uh, I'm trying to find the spread for this game. It looks like Bears minus two and a half over the Vikings. Which makes sense. And that's just basically a home field advantage yeah, spread. That's what I was going to say. This game seems like a push to me, so you give the close to three-point advantage to the home team. And, my, and, I would, and I would say, I don't know if it's a push. And you guys tell me what you think. If we're just going to line up just some, some big picture facets of each team's game. Let's say uh, quarterback slash passing game, run game, and then defense. I'm not sure I'm putting I'm not sure I'm putting any of those things for the Bears above the Vikings. I'm not putting Mitchell Trubisky above Kirk Cousins. Okay. I'm not putting the Bears run game over the Vikings run game. And I would have put the Bears defense over the Vikings defense last year, but I think that's more of a push. I don't think it's definitively Bears. Really? Yeah. You still think it's a push after I don't think the, as good as the Vikings mm. defense is, and it's real good, you don't have a Khalil Mack. Yeah, the true. Vikings don't have a, a guy who can change the game on any play well, at any moment. They've got the two ends who have been great so far, but I'm with you. You don't have Mac. Th- that defense last night scared me. Like I cowered below my covers on the couch. I pulled them up o- over my head and thought to myself, 
my God, these guys could kill somebody. Yeah, when Case Keenum, I was honestly worried about Case. When the I game, like him. When the game first started, I was watching as as a Bears fan, and then once they had the game comfortably in hand, I started watching with an eye towards next week and what we do here for you a put living. Your scout hat gather on. around microphones and talk about you the put, Vikings. You put your scout hat on, and the whole time I was I was watching the Bears just violate the Redskins offensive line. I was just thinking about about the Vikings offensive line yeah. and what are they going to do any differently because as good as they've been in the run game so far this year, they've been just as bad in pass protection. Collar told me today on uh, Score North Live, there's one team in the league that's worth worse in pass protection than the Minnesota Vikings and that's the Dolphins. They ain't even trying. Yeah, and I I just I just want to be clear, I'm not saying that the Bears defense isn't all no, the no, things that you're, you're saying. saying. I, I, if, if but if we're going tail of the tape, the Vikings defense at worst is a fringe top five defense. I agree. At, at best, I agree. it's fighting to be one of the three best defenses in the NFL. So, if your argument is all right, we've got we've got these three bins: quarterback, run game, and defense. The only one of those three things that you would put the Bears check mark in the Bears for sure to me is defense. And if that's a wide, if if that's a gap, it's not a wide. No, it's not me, a the, super wide gap. Judd, you tell me if you disagree. To me, the gap between the Vikings defense and the Bears defense is Khalil Mack. Yes, that's very fair. I think that's, that's very very. That's fair, the yes. gap between the two defenses. You're you're just as deep and just as strong across the rest of your defense, but you don't have that guy. My top concern on Sunday is this. Um, I, I think Trubisky is probably going to have a tough game and possibly a bad game. But I think he's got the mobility to survive that game. I am honestly, after what I saw Case Keenum go through last night, I am worried about Kirk Cousins' health. And by the way, I think the Vikings have a good chance to win. And I'm still, I I have serious doubts about whether Kirk Cousins is going to um, walk out of Soldier Field on Sunday healthy. He could get destroyed. And because he can move a little bit, but he can't really move that well. And these guys are out for basically blood. I mean, they they were Case Keenum didn't have a chance. Now, now Case played a terrible game. I'm not excusing Case's game, but when you watch the pressure, and I thought to myself, okay, Washington's O line is a turnstile, but what's the difference between pass protection wise that turnstile and the turnstile that the Vikings have right now? Yeah, I think everything you're saying, I think it's it's only a major issue if you absolutely cannot run the ball. If if you get to a point where you cannot run the ball, and now you're now you're down 14 points or whatever, which is another thing I would point to. If you fall down in this game, go back to the Packers game. They didn't just abandon all running attack and, oh, we're down 21 nothing. can't run the ball anymore. I mean, that that's how the Vikings operated under John Filippo a year ago. If you fall down early in this game, you can still run the ball until you get to the fourth quarter. If you're in the fourth quarter down by 14, 21 points, okay, yeah. take your chances, throw the ball. But... If if you have a similar situation to what happened at Lambeau Field and think, the Bears take a lead, don't panic and just drop Kirk Cousins back 45 times. I think you're going to see a very similar game to Week 2 when the, the Packers and Vikings played. You think Which, Bears jump out early? Well, I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying what the Vikings, where the Vikings found success and where they struggled because that Packers run defense is really good, too. I don't think it's it's on the level of the Bears, but through three weeks, their defense as a whole and especially their run defense looks pretty damn good and they they contain Dalvin Cook for the majority of the game but with an offensive line that's blocking as well as they are in the run game right now we talked about how bad they are in the passing game but they've been equally as good in the run game and a talent on the level of a Dalvin Cook 
you might make a hole that he'll that he'll find and pop one off for 35 40 if not more yards even against a good defense because the offensive line has been that good and Dalvin Cook is that good but I don't think you'll be able to consistently run the ball against the Bears impactfully the way Mike Zimmer seems to want his team to do both defenses in this game are going to score touchdowns write this down on a Tuesday Harrison Smith will score a touchdown he will pick a, a Trubisky pass because Trubisky's going to try and follow him around, but Harrison Smith, you know, he comes up to the line. He drops back. Trubisky's going to get confused. Wait, is that a, did you just verbally? That, that's a write that down. You're yes, saying verbally running that Harrison Smith Harrison goes Smith to touchdown? pick six on Sunday. Write that down. Okay. It's already in my notes to say on Friday. Okay, I'll let you say it. Lastly, here's, here's what I do. If I'm the Vikings and I'm watching the Bears film today, when, the Vi- when my team comes back to start to practice for this game tomorrow, here's what I do. I say, gentlemen, we're not going to try and fool them. We can't. It doesn't matter. We're going to run. That's what we do. That's our identity. We will be employing for the majority of this game, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six O linemen. Hmm. And I'm taking a tight end Football. out. And I'm putting a tight end in at times. But I tell you who's not, who's not playing much on Sunday, Kyle Rudolph. Not a great blocker. Zim tried to say in his press conference on Monday, Kyle did a great job of blocking. Well, he's trying to pump Kyle up. But I am employing what they call the heavy package, yeah. boys. Does and every, I'm using six linemen, and I'm saying, I'm going to run. Too bad. Does every address to a football team start with gentlemen? I think, I think, that's, how, I think, that, I think that's how every football speech starts. I, I think it includes... Coach walks into the room. I think it includes put your chin strap on. Yeah. Gentlemen. Ge- that, that's how everyone right? starts. Gentlemen, and then you go from there. Football! Football! I just gave you guys the heavy package. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, it's heavy package time. <laughs> Who is that screaming, gotta eat, at the end of that? That was me. <laughs> it's really good. It's really funny. It's like all about it. football. <laughs> was, that, or was that me or Wheeler? I don't know. <laughs> it might have been our Playing old it. intern, Wheeler. <laughs> Playing it. Ever since the first football, time I heard Football! It. Yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Get some! Gotta eat! No, that's you. <laughs> that was me. That's you. Gotta eat. That was pretty genius. Gotta eat. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, That's the, what uh, I'm doing, though. Yeah, the Bears' defense feasted last night. But one other quick thing off Judd's point, the Gotta heavy eat. package. Got to eat. eat, yeah. Okay, after watching Irv Smith, who's a cyborg, by the way, after yes. watching him trudge around for three receptions and 60-whatever yards, um, is there any reason not to just make sure that guy gets, like, five or six targets and gets to run around like a, like the robot that he is? No. He's a machine. Yeah. Good draft pick. Like, can you, I was telling this to Manny on Ventline on Sunday. So you, Judd probably never. Did you ever play uh, Mario Kart when you were a kid, Ronnie? A little bit. Super Nintendo? A little bit. So you could run like time trials and you could you could race against like the uh, like whatever the best time is on that track. And so you'd be racing against like a ghost car. And I was just envisioning as Irv Smith was trudging up and down the field with like a 4 five forty or whatever he's running, what like Kyle Rudolph would look like trying to keep up next to him. <laughs> Not to rip Kyle, but... Come on, let's get the ball to Irv Smith once in a while here after what we saw last week. There's a gamer bar in my neighborhood that has Mario Kart on, like, this huge screen out on their patio area. And I went with Danny and Declan once, and, like, they have they have great experience in Mario Kart. I have very little. And it was just embarrassing, dude. And, like, people gather around and watch, and it's just – I'm not – I'm not up to speed on you Mario failed, Kart. Huh? Literally Did not up to speed. Yeah, I played, and it was bad. 
Don't subject yourself to and that. I understand Don't embarrass yourself. A couple weeks before Watch that, other people play. Danny and Declan went before me. And oh, no. Danny was just running Mario Kart. Like, there, there were people gathered around cheering on Danny playing Mario Kart who was just running people off the game left which, and right. Which console? Uh, I think it's N64. Okay. I'm a Super Nintendo guy. Don't, don't come sure to my house in, if it's I'm Super Nintendo. I'm pretty sure it was N64. Ask Danny. Did you know that for Mario Kart there and Super Nintendo? Being enjoyed that night, so. Well, not shocking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, was, I was once ranked so disappointing. top 50 in the world on one of the Mario Kart really? N64 or, or uh, Super Nintendo time wow. trials. Yeah. How old were wow. you? Uh, I was in college. I was in college. A lot, of time, a lot of time on, my on the couch. <laughs> How fat were you at this point? Actually, I was in pretty good shape at that point. Were you really? Gym tan laundry. Wow, okay. <laughs> were you a gym tan laundry guy? I didn't tan, but okay. gym, gym and laundry. Yeah, wow. for sure. Wow. Anywho, tan. all right. Who, who here is tanned? Has anyone tanned? I mean, I just am. Well, yeah, no, but I'm saying, do you? I'm not faulting your complexion. I'm saying, does anyone here actually tan? No, I never have. I bet you, I bet you Patrick Royce can answer that on the other side here, though. Phil, have you tanned? Have I tanned in my life? Yes. Like you've gone to a tanning booth? Tanning yeah, booth? like in preparation for trips to Mexico in college. It's been probably 10 or 12 right. years. But yeah. I never understood that. You have to get sun before you go and get sun? If yes. you're, if you're, yes, Irish, if you're your Irish like me, yes, you do. I don't do it. Like, doesn't it? The first exposure to sun is the first exposure to sun. I don't see how that helps yeah, you or protects you. You'd rather get the burn out of the way before you go on the trip. Oh, okay. It's a much worse burn. All right. But yeah, you still, don't want to be debilitated. I'm with you, Rami. No tan. I don't burn. Anyway, Rami and I have to go on a top secret mission. I am a so desert people. Jared, right, we'll see you guys later. When we come back. Bye. Jonathan Harrison here with your Score North download for the final time today. Winning your in. Simple as that. Minnesota United win tomorrow night at Allianz Field, hosting Sporting Kansas City, and they are in the playoffs for the very first time. You can join Dan Terrar and myself tomorrow night for coverage of that game. Pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7, right here on Score North on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. That's been your Score North download. Now back to the final segment today of Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studio. Time to wrap with Royce and Patrick. My partners have deserted me. It's just me. That's it. They what left they, me. What do those boys have to going on? Some uh, some type of top secret thing to which I could not partake. So oh, okay. I'm sure I'm sure it'll be available on uh, the uh, Score North Twitter feed and all those good places in the next few days. But uh, instead, uh, yeah. Twins trying to uh, get off to a good start against the right-hander for Detroit, who's 1-11 at home. Can I ask you a question? I saw a report. I I saw a report in the past week, Patrick, that um, Gardy is coming back. Why is Gardy yeah, doing this to himself? I don't know. How to get paid? I suppose he was hoping they'd fire him, but they didn't do it. I guess uh, they said he might as well suffer with the rest of us. Yeah, I just saw that too. Yeah, I was. I, I hadn't seen it before. I just read it uh, in a little box that uh, that the Star Tribune had advancing the series that he will be back. I thought, I thought like two, three weeks ago when he said, "I'd like to be back," but I'd understand that he was pleading to get fired. But uh, I guess I guess they didn't give him what he wished. They are saying for that organization is unbelievable. Hey, Pat, I'm going to put you on hold for a second. You are uh, breaking up badly. 
Let's see if we can get that straightened out. As the uh, as Patrick said, the Twins and Tigers are playing right now at Comerical Park. It was an early start tonight. I guess it started at 5.30, and uh, it looks like Sano got out to end the top of the first inning, and the Twins are uh, Twins-Tigers game is scoreless so far. Jonathan, can we try Patrick again? Uh, Going to give us home line a call. Give me one second. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so yes, as I said, the uh, the Twins and Tigers, top of the first uh, is done. Bottom of the first is coming up there. We are try- we are attempting to wrap with uh, Patrick Royce. Rami and Phil have left on a uh, top-secret mission, and uh, so we will get Patrick back on, on the line as soon as possible. Before we uh, went to the break, we were talking about that Bears-Vikings game, and the more I think about this game, too, this is not a bit. I am legitimately concerned here about the health of Kirk Cousins. Patrick, I was just talking about the fact, this is not being flippant, but after I watched, and I don't know how much of that Bears-Washington game you caught last night, after watching that game, I'm with the Vikings offensive line, I have legitimate concerns about Kirk Cousins on Sunday. Well, Akeem Hicks, though, uh, limped off at the end of the game and uh, might have a knee problem. So that would help. Uh, that would keep uh, young Bradbury from getting eaten alive, Ooh. I think, if they didn't have him. So that that might help. How do you block these guys, though? That, that's my question. If Hicks plays, you got you got Hicks, you got Khalil Mack. Who do you double, you know, double team? Well, they're going to have to, uh, uh, you know, they were saying that Washington was attempting to send out wide, you know, four or five wide receivers at times when Khalil Mack on the field and uh just idiotic stuff uh it's uh uh you you got to keep guys in you know you got to yes. run the ball and then you got to send out two receivers and have everybody else block right yeah absolutely yeah i'm not sending four three guys out i think you're you're absolutely it's a death wish against those guys but then again uh that it could be a low scoring battle don't you think uh, yeah, yes. cuz i'm not that impressed with chicago's uh, offense of what five turnovers right and they only got 31 points so yes their and, offense uh, is not that good but their defense was a, uh, what a interception return for a touchdown right yes oh yeah our our poor guy case case keenum Fumbled three times, guess, lost two. Interception, but they said it was one of the worst in all, all time. Well, he had three, but the one, yeah. of them, I guess, was one of the worst throws ever. So he was absolutely, and I almost can't blame him. He was absolutely panicked because he thought he might die because of all the Bears players who were trying to uh, rip his head <laughs> off. That's why. Well, that'll be. Uh, we're we're there, right? Uh, in Chicago, yes. This one's I, I I have a hard time keeping track, but this is in Chicago. Pretty much got the system set up now that uh, the Bears always end the season here, right? I mean, yes, seems to be the way it's going now. But yeah, it it could should be a nice low scoring game, I would think. I think we get. I think we get something along the lines of seventeen fourteen, and I would not be surprised if each team scores a defensive touchdown. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's a possibility for sure. By the way, uh, Miguel uh, struck out to end the threat in the uh, in the top of the first. Uh, they threw him the ball inside, and he looked as helpless as he did earlier this year when he was uh, having all that trouble. Once again, Logan Wade, uh, Lamont Wade in the outfield, Jake Cave in the outfield. Kepler's never going to play again. Huh? He's, I'm worried he's, about Kepler, Pat. Huh? I'm worried about Kepler. Well, you, you got to be. Supposedly, he was running around taking BP on Sunday and you know on Saturday, and now then he didn't play Sunday, and now he's not playing Tuesday. You can't, you know, if he's ready to play, you can't just 
take him out of the lineup. Something just happened here, by the way. Now Ostadio is in the game, and he wasn't in the starting lineup. So who was at first base? Huh? Who, who was initially at first base in the starting lineup? I don't know. In the early lineup, the starting lineup, and it wasn't Ostadio. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm I'm mixed up. But I done when I looked at the lineup, I thought they had seven left-handed hitters in. It's a day of rest, Pat. It's a day of rest again. Well, it, More it rest from Rocco. an inning of rest because uh, <laughs> whoever was there was, I think Marlon was at first, and they must have taken him. Oh, you're right. So. You're right. He was, and that's not good. Yeah. What the hell? It's, uh, this is, uh, it, it's, uh, it is uh, too bad that as they are winding up this very uh, successful season, they're a train wreck yeah, as far as uh, injury wise and starting pitching wise, and uh, they, these guys, they can't they can't get anything that even resembles their lineup on the field. It's uh, it's pretty astounding. It's a good thing they got Detroit and Kansas City this last oh. week. If they had to go play good clubs on the road, you'd have to worry about them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if if they played Cleveland now or they played the Yankees now or something, you'd definitely be concerned. Hey, so yeah. so what's your what is your feeling about? Sano right now. I heard you guys talking about it. I, you know, I, I agree with you. If he shows up next spring in this physical condition, that'll be, uh, you know, that, okay. We can, we can, we can live with what he's doing right now. I mean, he still does strike out an ungodly amount of time. But I agree with you. I heard you talking. If you know, let's see if he does it this winter. Now that he's had a good, now that he has has a good season, will he build on that? Right. And commit himself physically, or will he go back there and get into all his bad habits? Yeah, and that that's the thing that I can't decide yet. I can't decide, but but then... Are, well, there's no reason. All those people who think they can decide... I know. ...are just guessing. They're like us. They're just... Everybody's just guessing. But his track record is to not take care of himself okay and last year he went and took care of himself now one thing that i was optimistic about was the fact that while he sat out those what 70 how many games two months basically or, or six down at fort myers seven you mean? weeks it's... he did not put all of he did not oh, put this weight year, yes. back on so that was a, that was good. that was a reason for optimism that was good but the the damnedest thing now is is as good as this year has been I still can't give you a definitive answer on Sano or Buxton. You know, oh, well, Buxton, I thought by now I could. I could. You can't. Oh no, you got another. They just, you know, you just pay them both whatever you got to pay them this winter and bring them back. You don't. Uh, there's no uh, no long term contracts. That's that's for sure. No, I mean, it, and you can't do it now for. Well, heck, with Sano, I don't know that you would feel comfortable offering him what he probably thinks he's going to be worth until he actually hits the market now, because that's, what, 2021, right? Yeah. I, was, was it, would next year be his last year? Well, he came up in 15, so yeah. he's got it's four a, and a half 21 or 22, yeah. This. So he would, he would need, uh, he would need two, uh, two more years to become a free agent. Got uh, Jake pitching uh, tonight, too, so we'll see how he fares as well. Well, with Oda Rizzi. farewell, because he's pitching game one for you. <laughs> are, are you pretty convinced of that? Well, I heard it secondhand that they're not going to pitch Jose in, on the road in the game one because they worry about his uh, nerves. So whether that's, uh, but again, I heard it secondhand. I did not hear it firsthand, and they, they're not going to admit it. But 
Oh, no. Somebody who gets oh, more inside information than I do told me that. So. Yeah, Rocco, Rocco is not going to get up there and say, ah, Barrios can't pitch game one. We don't yeah, trust him. He doesn't him. have the nerves for it. He doesn't have nerves. All right, Patrick, talk to you later. Talk, you talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Patrick Royce, we wrap with Royce uh, last segment every day of Mackie Judd with Rami. Up next, if you enjoyed that conversation, far more baseball talk unchained with Royce and yours truly coming up next on the all-new Score North on 1500. Talk to you tomorrow.